As a photographer, light is going to be the one of the most essential things that you need to learn to be able to create beautiful images. I know it can be overwhelming when you're first starting, especially because there are so many different kinds of light, like window light, backlight, open shade, direct sun, mixed light. You hear the list and it goes on and on. But light is so essential for you to master to be able to create the type of images that you want to create. Light evokes emotion, it tells a story, it helps you see things in a different way, and it helps bring your images to life and give them so much more feeling. When I'm shooting a family, light is what inspires me. It dictates everything I do, where I shoot, the position of my subjects, the emotion I'm trying to capture in an image, and all of that depends on the light. I literally revolve my sessions around it. It can change an entire session and just make it so much more beautiful. I take it so seriously that I honestly would rather reschedule a shoot than shoot on an overcast day. We're all going to have our own way of using light to create beautiful images, but if you're someone who loves light, is inspired by it like I am, or you just want to learn more about light and how to use it within your photography from one of my favorite photographers in the world, then this episode is for you. Welcome to the Fill Your Frame podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Golding. I was a young mama and full-time teacher when I first picked up my camera and started down the path of creating a highly successful and sought-after photography business. I managed to turn that side hustle into a full-time job that sustains a balanced life where I can give more to my five littles at home. After building this business for the last 10 years, I want to invite you into a space where you can take a peek behind the scenes of my camera-ready life. Join in weekly where I will open up discussions with other creative artists turned business pros as we share real life strategies, stories, and action steps for you to turn your passion into profits. Lean in because we're about to get the show started. Remember, you can subscribe to today's show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Audible. I'm so happy to bring you today's episode about the magic of light with our special guest, Summer Murdoch. Summer is a Salt Lake City, Utah-based commercial photographer and photography educator who specializes in children, lifestyle, and portraiture. She has created campaigns for brands like Disney, Garmin, Pillsbury, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, and so many more. She's been teaching a successful online workshop called The Magic of Light for the last nine years, as well as running Illuminate classes, an online photography school that she founded. Speaking and teaching at photo conferences is one of her favorite ways to meet photographer friends, and she's also been a Lightroom ambassador for the last two years creating educational content for Adobe. She's inspired by the quirky stuff that kids do, weird and wonderful human connections, pretty light, and the great outdoors. She's an intuitive mom of four children of her own, and in her free time, she seeks out every opportunity that she can to hang outside in the sunshine, traveling, exploring, and going on adventures with her husband and kids. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today to chat about how magical light is within photography, how we can really tune into our inner voice and create art that aligns with us as who we are and how light and composition work together to create unforgettable images. And she also shares her five-step strategy to getting incredible images at every shoot, along with so much more. So you are not going to want to miss this. Okay, let's welcome Summer to the show. How are you, Summer? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. Excited to talk. I know, me too. As I was thinking about who I wanted to have on, actually, you're my 10th episode, and I kind of was thinking who I wanted to have on my first 10 episodes, and you were totally on my list. And, you know, I I looked up, you know, when I took your Magic of Light class, and 
it was actually January of 2014. And I just want to share with you that that class was such a game changer for me. I know we're going to discuss it within the episode, but the reason I wanted to have you on just because the impact that your course had on me and my, my life and my photography, and like, you're just someone I admire so much. And I just uh, feel that you're so original in all that you do. And I just, I love the little special space. I think you've created an industry that is really unique. And so I'm so honored to have you on the podcast today and to chat with you about everything, wow. lots of different things, but. Well, thank you. Seriously. That is, um, I mean, I'm someone who I just try to plug along and do my thing and not think about all of the, I don't know, all the industry ladder climbing, I guess, if you want to yeah. call it that, but that means a lot to me. So thank you. And I can't believe it's been since 2014. That is nuts. I know. I know. I was thinking like, okay, maybe like in the 16, 17 range, but no, it was 2014. And yeah, it's a wild ride. So some of my listeners may not know you or they may, or just maybe they haven't gotten to hear your story so much. So usually when I start out these episodes, I just like to have my guests, you know, do a little bit of an introduction as to you know, what your journey has been like in photography and kind of how you got to where you're at now. So if you could share that, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Gosh, I went to BYU and I remember just struggling to figure out what I wanted to do. And one day it hit me almost like a train, like a photographer, I'm going to be a photographer. Mm -hmm. And I felt it in my bones, like, this is it. My dad is a creative director, has made lots of commercials in the 80s and 90s, back in the heyday of advertising that you've probably seen um, growing up. But okay. he's a, he, I remember calling him super excited, saying, like, I want to be a photographer. And I expected him to almost be excited about it. And I could just hear the <laughs> concern in his voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and he started like, he, he wanted to be fully supportive. He bought me a camera and some lenses and he's like, yes, you know, you can do this. But also I could, I could just feel the hesitation, you know, it's a different world back then pre-internet and social media or the internet was just coming out at the time, I should say. Um, and you know, there was more, I guess, gatekeepers to sort of keep, uh, that sort of let, certain photographers in, it was much harder to make money, I should say at the time. And so I took my first photography class and it was a black and white film class. And I was having so much fun. I loved it. Problem was every assignment that we had to turn in, we had a critique in front of the professor and he literally hated everything I did. Granted, what I was doing was not very good. <laughs> I was just starting, you know, that's, and I was learning on film where I would have to like write down my exposure number with my exposure so that when I get my prints back, I would know what I did because you didn't have that, you know, instant feedback on the back of your camera. Yeah. So I, I wasn't good, but he also was, not looking for potential. I, I guess I could, you could say, I'm not blaming him, but after that combined with my dad, you know, kind of saying it's going to be so hard to make money. I was like, eh, I, I'm not very good at this. I, I guess I should do something else. Cause I'm just not cut out for this. So I quit. Right. Um, oh, I did. Yeah. I quit. And I, 
you know, still would take my film camera around and take photos and, you know, nothing was very good. But I, when my first child was born, I remember getting that camera out, taking some photos with black and white film and getting them developed and thinking like, ah, you know, there's a sense of, you know, starting to enjoy doing this again. And then I would take them to the mall to like Kitty Candid's here in Utah. (laughs) Yeah. And they would lay them on a white piece of carpet, you know, and take these photos. And I I remember coming home and thinking like, "Eh, this isn't it. Like, this is not, this isn't it. And this is a long time ago. My oldest is now 19 years old. And um, there just, there wasn't a lot of family photographers. There wasn't a lot of options. I just felt a hole, I guess. Um, and so I started, you know, I was taking film photos of my, of my two oldest, my, I have four children. So my, my right. two older ones. Um, and then I got my first point and shoot from Costco, the Canon Rebel. And I see when I started. Yeah. And, uh, and a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens that was, you know, I think like a hundred bucks. And I just really started taking photos of my kids, enjoying it. Friends started asking me to take photos of them. And it's a common story that we probably, many listeners probably can relate to. Uh, friends of their friends started asking me to take photos and I, right. of their families. And I was like, eh, I, I can't just do this for fun. Like, this is not, I'm learning a lot, but this is taking too much time away from my right. family. So I just started a business really not being prepared for that at all. It was a totally different world back then. There wasn't a lot of photographers that did this. It's so what year was this? What year? 2007, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think that's when yeah, 2007. Um, and so I think, wait, my oldest is I do yeah. yeah. Carry the one. 2007. 2007 or probably 2008 cuz cuz my third child was born at the end of 2007 in January. Okay. okay. So, it was 2008. I you know, wasn't charging enough, didn't really know what I was doing. I was editing and raw but or shooting and raw but editing in JPEG and Photoshop. Um okay. <laughs> it was, and I, but I was busy, busier than I really wanted to be almost burnout busy. And I really hadn't at this point, even taken the time to totally find my style. I was just shooting what I thought families wanted stuff that I would see on Pinterest or, you know, and, and I just, it was a lot of work and it wasn't that much money. And when my fourth child was born, I'm like, you know what, I am going to take maybe six months off. And that six months turned into two and a half years. And during that time, yeah, during that time, Facebook business pages came out Oh, and I started sharing my, just my personal stuff that I was shooting 100% for fun with no expectations, stuff that like fed me of my daily life on Facebook. And it was just at a time that photographers were all on there and I just started really gaining a following there. Instagram came out same, you know, and I think I started posting on Instagram in 2011. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, life before Instagram, who knew? I know. Right. And I started after that two and a half years during that time, I really just leaned into 
shooting 100% for myself, what I loved really practicing. I mean, I probably had a daily shooting practice for almost close to five years. Um, and not, I would miss a day here or there when I, you know, when people say 360 projects, I mean, I never probably ever completed a true 365, but yeah, came close. But the goal was never a checkbox for 365. It was just to really, really learn and practice in all different scenarios. And I just enjoyed it, particularly when my kids were little. It made me feel like yeah. I was a human and that I had interests and passions outside of just being a, a mom at home with four kids. You know, when my youngest came home, my oldest was only six years old, you know, right. so um, it was crazy. So anyways, and then I started photographing families again, but I really limited it and I really did it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I was, I never would have imagined started teaching an online workshop called the magic of light mm-hmm. yep. know, that we refer to. And I, that was never a plan. Basically someone approached me and said like, Hey, would you want to teach? And at first was like, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Um, but, but there was still this like gut feeling like you should try this, you should try this. Um, and I was terrified and thought, you know, I mean, I've only been doing this for like three or four years now. And I, who am I to be teaching? But I just wrote down my process and maybe because I was a little bit newer and, remembered what it was like to be learning all of those things. Like, I feel like I really was able to write down something that resonates um, with photographers. Right. Um, And yeah, so I started doing that and, and slowly, but surely I stopped doing families. I started doing more speaking and Mm -hmm. um, I started illuminate classes. And um, a few years ago I started, I, you know, I, met some photographers called the Wade brothers that own a production company and that represents talent. And I started doing commercial photography, which is newer to me. And I'm just a baby in that game, but yeah. So, wow. Anyways, that's a lot. I love, you know what I love so much about what you just shared and thank you for sharing that. One of the things that really just stuck out to me that I have been thinking about a lot lately is how in the beginning you mentioned when you first were starting that you were so busy, but yet you weren't shooting things that really aligned with you as an artist. You were shooting, you know, what people or what you thought people wanted to see based on Pinterest and all of that. And did you see a difference in your work? I'm assuming the answer is yes. But when you went and you took that break and you made that shift into only shooting what really inspired you with your own family, perhaps, you know, and did you feel a shift in that as far as your work was concerned? you know, I'm assuming yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it was everything. I actually found, figured out who I was as an artist Mm -hmm. and really learned to photograph, not what people expected from me, but what I enjoyed. And of course those waters get muddied and that's like a, a cycle that you constantly have to sort of come back to yourself. You know, I feel like it's a constant cycle for me because we all get a little caught up and a little lost and you have to sort of come back to yourself. So I I can't say that once I had that shift that it was forever perfect, but that was definitely a turning point 
you know, I think every artist has to go through that though. You can't find that. You can't find out who you are unless you sort of go through that. At first you sort of mimic, right. To, to learn. Yeah. And then you have to really dive deep and figure out who you are. But yeah, it was a, a huge shift. Huge. Well, where I felt like it was me now, not just, Oh, this weird, stressful feeling of like, Am I going to be able to create this image that I saw in my head with these people? You know, that part was gone and it just felt more natural. So, well, and I also, think, yeah, it was freeing for sure. And I think too, you noticed that for me, when I had that shift, when I made those changes and I really started, you know, shooting the way that I wanted to, what really aligned with me, I feel like my work was so much better because oh. it was so authentic to myself. Right. I mean, that's when I, when I really started being myself is when I started gaining, I mean, and that's a whole other thing we could go into when I really started gaining a following and having some opportunities and, you know, though that all came as a result of that two and a half year hiatus of me really digging deep and just figuring out myself and what I like to shoot, you know, and letting go of the expectations of others. That's when, you know, whatever you want to call success, I put that in air quotes. That's when that started coming for me. So, well, and I think it's double, it's twofold, right? Like, yes, the success from the, you know, accolades and people appreciating your work. But I think for you also, you know, your own personal success and feeling like you're creating art that you love. I mean, 100%. Yeah. For me, that's the big piece is, you know, and I think you're right. We all go through these stages and it's an ever, you know, it's always going to go on. We're always going to have ebbs and flows of feeling super confident and aligned with our work. And then times where we feel ourselves slipping a little, but I think the most important thing is, you know, if people are listening and they don't feel like they've gotten to that like pivot point yet is just allowing yourself the space to really dig deep. And, you know, once you get that dialed in and you start creating art that's really aligned with yourself, it's a game changer. Like I just, it's such a different feeling, you know, it's just, I I can't explain it, but I encourage people to do that because it's just game. It's a game changer all around. It is. And I think part of that is particularly when people start learning the art of photography and then you jump into a business too fast Right. Um, I think, and you know, to each their own, we all have our own process and there's a way to make that work. But I think for me, I, when I, at first, when I was doing it, I was creating with no expectations for end results. It was fun. I would get excited over, Oh, look at the blurry background or that pretty light or, you know, over the smallest little things. And for me, it felt like success. And then when you start photographing where people are paying you money and they have expectations, it's not just for you anymore. And I think that is much harder Mm -hmm. to, to do successfully if you don't already have a really strong voice, if that makes sense and know who you are. Um, It gets so muddy because, you know, in, in teaching this class, that I teach. I mean, artists come in who have been doing, been a photographer for years and it's really easy to get lost and to, to, to pick up your camera, expecting these amazing end results. We all as artists need to have that time to pick up the camera and to play without expectations of having to create something amazing. Right. I mean, that's where the magic happens. 
nine times out of 10, even when you are being paid, when you can get into that mode where you're present, tuned in to, and, and you're, you're creating in the moment with eyes wide open, not with the end results in your head, I guess. Right. That makes sense. No, it does. The good stuff happens. It does. Yeah. And I, I notice myself even, you know, and I teach about this in my course that I have is like, I'll, you know, I'll do, do the session. And then I'll always save like the last like 15 to 20 minutes just to create fun. Right. Something. Right. And I, and I do that with the zero expectations, but those are always my favorite images. Not always my clients, I'll be honest, but right. you know, depending on the kind of the style they're looking for, totally. but oftentimes those are the ones that I post. Those are the ones that inspire me the most is because I just let go of that. Like that feeling of pressure and we and just had fun with it. And I think we right. all just remember to do that more often, you know, for sure. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a tricky balance when someone else is, when someone's paying you for to create, because you can't just run around and like experiment the whole time. Like you have to deliver something that they're expecting. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> And so that's where it gets so tricky when photographers start and then immediately jump into a business. Yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely can be done, but it can be really hard to find the best version of yourself, I guess, if you don't give yourself some time to really, and, and you can, you can be running a business and, and doing, you know, family photography or whatever it is that you do. That, that you're getting paid for. But I think it's really, really important to still shoot for yourself and create for yourself where there isn't pressure, because that's, that's where your voice really is developed. Yeah, so. I agree. Okay. Well, let's jump into talking about yeah. light. So I just think you're incredible. Like your ability to use light is like, I think it's what makes your work really stand out. And you know, so often I can be scrolling and I, or in Pinterest or wherever I'm at, and I can see a photo and I'll like, know it's yours. I just, I just think that the way you use it and, you know, I know it's so important to you in the way that you see the world through your lens. So like, what role do you feel that light plays in photography for you? (sighs) I know that's a loaded question, but no, it's, it's good. I mean, it's a good question and it's a question, you know, things it's, the role it has played has evolved over time. You know, mm-hmm. at first it was probably my number one inspiration. And I think why that is, I think light watching how it moves through my home, through the seasons and how it changes. And, you know, during the evening hours, I can sit there and watch a pocket of light and watch it shift in 15 minutes. I can watch it completely transform a scene. Right. Mm -hmm. So it really is one of those things that taught me to slow down and to be present and observant. The last few years, you know, I've started a meditation practice, but I didn't have the words for that in like 2010. You know, I didn't know really what it was that I was doing, but it was I was, it was really helping me, light was helping me to slow down and be super, super present Um, and to be open to what's in front of me instead of like thinking of all these ideas in my head and trying to control the situation. It was more like letting, helping me, training me to let the scene unfold and to be present and that I can't control everything that if I let go, there's more beauty to be found than me trying to like manipulate everything down to the tiniest little degree. Right. Totally. And also I think that as photographers, 
you know, there's three, I always think there's three main elements. There's story, connection, emotion, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's one thing there's composition Mm -hmm. and then there's light. And those three elements, if you have one of them, great. If you have two, even better. If you have all three, it's sort of like the, what do you want to call it? The Holy grail of photography. Yeah, no, totally. Um, And so the thing is, is you can have, you can, you know, sort of get story, emotion, connection in most situations. You can create an interesting composition in most situations. You can't create interesting light if you're a natural light photographer, unless you're bringing in all kinds of, you know, strobes and lights. And that's a, that brings in a whole for family photography, at least. I try to avoid that personally because it takes Mm -hmm. me out of the moment. It's just not my style. It can be done beautifully and naturally. But for me, I really honed in on the magic that happens when you have beautiful light. It transforms. And it doesn't all have to be golden hour light, but really paying attention to like the subtleties in light and shadow. It's all about light and shadow. And I think that beautiful light amplifies connection, emotion. We're just as human beings, we're just really drawn to it um, without whether you have a trained photographer eye or not. And so, yeah, for me, it's just one of those things that I sort of seek out because it draws me to, I'm super present when I'm paying attention to it, amplifies connection, emotion. And I just think it's one of those things that when you can really learn light, it, it it's probably the fastest way to transform your work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the things that is just a really tangible way that you can watch photographers once they get a handle on it, their work just improves. I mean, it's a, a super visual fast way that you can improve, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. That that's exactly what happened to me. And well, you know, when I took your workshop, it was, I, I can just see a distinct difference in my work from, I'm not uh-huh. saying, you know, th- I'm not saying like the next week, cause it took practice. And right. that's what I try to explain to people. Cause a lot of times they'll comment on my use of light. And I always am like, okay, well, I learned from summer, you know, but I think <laughs> it is, it takes a lot of practice to really get great at using light in a, yeah. in a, in a way that you want to use it to evoke emotion, to tell a story, just to have more feeling in your images. But, you know, it doesn't just happen by you know, just shooting, right. Right. You have to just, it's almost like an intuitive sense that you have to learn by practicing. And I, and honestly, I'll say, I feel like some people have it and, and some people maybe struggle more with it, but you know, practicing anything, you'll get better at it. Right. So, you know, knowing the more you shoot, like you said, you know, when you made your shift, you were shooting every day. This is the key too, in tons of different scenarios, like because that's the thing with light is, you can't just, I mean, there's it, the quality of light from one day to the next can be different, even at the same location, whether you have haze or a little bit of cloud cover or sun coming through, you know, I mean, so the time of year, the quality of light changes. So it's really, really important to photograph in so many different situations on a regular basis. And I recommend the photographers like, I think so often we think, oh, I got to go out and practice. And like, you think it has to take an hour. No, go out. Again, you don't have to be creating a hero image for Instagram. Every time you pick up your camera, go outside, (laughs) just go outside and take five minutes, 
you know, five minutes, five times a week and lots of different scenarios. And you will learn more about light from doing that than taking like, oh, I'm going to go to an, and just go out in your front yard or in your house or whatever versus like, oh, I got to take an hour and drive to this beautiful location and everything's going to be perfect. No, like that's not, I mean, you can do that, but you're not going to learn very fast. If you do that, you've got to do it regularly in lots of different situations and all kinds of light and sort of learn our eyes have more dynamic range than mm-hmm. our cameras. So you have to learn to translate what your eyes see to how your camera is going to see it, if that makes sense. Cause it's different. Are they, you know, your camera sees light and shadow differently than your eyes. And so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it does. And I think that's where the, that's where the, con- yes, that's where the consistency and the practice comes in. Because for me, I know it took a solid, I want to say four to six months in all honesty, and I'm yeah. still, I'm still growing and evolving in it, of course. Same. But I think for me to really kind of get a handle and start to understand when I look at a scene, like how it's going to translate to my camera. And I had to practice in different light, like you mentioned, and you encourage in your course, because otherwise you, you're not going to master anything and you're never really going to master it anyway, because it's always evolving, but just paying attention. Always problem solving. (laughs) It's a, you have to get really good at problem solving because it's all, things are always going to be a little bit different. It will never be exactly, I mean, not never, but it won't be exactly the same all the time. So problem solving the light. And that takes a lot of experience to be able to do that, you know? Well, and I actually remember this from, I don't know if it was a, some part in your class where you, you mentioned that you used to kind of only love to shoot in overcast, like initially the the sun scared you. And that was kind of how I was at the point when I took your course. So it was really good for me to hear that from you. Cause I thought, oh wow, she felt like that. And look at her now. Like I had, there's potential for me. And like, now it's so funny. And I know this, how you feel too. It's like, if it's overcast, I'm like, um, can we reschedule? Because I don't sure. like the light for me is everything. And it just, it's inspiring to me when I have great light and all the elements come together. Like you get that photographer high that we feel right. Where you're just for like, sure. You get in that mind space of creation versus just taking photos. And there's a huge distinction for me, but yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about your magic of light workshop. So I know that it's crazy popular and it will sell out in a matter of seconds. And I love um, when you're always like, it does sell out in a matter of seconds. I'm not just blowing smoke. Like (laughs) I'm not creating a false demand because I know it really does. Yes. So (laughs) I actually had someone this last time sort of question me in my DMs if I was somehow creating a false demand and there's no way it could sell out that fast. And I'm like, Oh geez. Oh, yeah. Uh, Keyboard warriors. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're like, I promise. So <laughs> I mean, I took it one of your OG days, so I'm sure it's definitely evolved now, but you know, why, what are you so passionate about teaching just light? Cause it's really all, I mean, I know you teach several other elements within right, the course, right. but light's kind of the focus, which, you know, right. rightfully so it's so important to photography, but you know, why are you so passionate about that? do you think? I mean, I think it's, it was sort of my gateway into Mm -hmm. figuring out who I was as an artist and to really, it, it was sort of the way that I learned presence. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like it's a great way for, and, and it's one of the basics. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that if you're going to really learn the art of photography, you have to, I mean, light is everything, you know, I mean, yeah. it really is like, you have to figure that out. And just over all the years of experience, like when the light is good, 
you hardly even have to edit the photo, right? Depending yes. on the light. backlight takes a little more edits sometimes, right. but when the light's really good, I mean, you hardly even have to edit. It's just inspiring. It looks, makes everything look magic. I don't know. I mean, we could get philosophical about, you know, human beings being attracted to light, but right. I think it's a, I think it's a fact that our eyes are naturally drawn when there's light, we're attracted to it. Right. So it's just, it's an instant way to help direct the viewer's eye around the frame in general, helping photographers have the tools so that you really know all the technical aspects of light and feeling that you can intentionally walk into a situation, see the light and have an idea of what to do with it. And that it's not just like, and to get very specific, whether you want rim light or backlight or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and front light, so all the things and, you know, whether it's moody or, you know, full sun, to, to just really intentionally feel like you can walk into a situation and all light's not equal and some light on some days is going to be better than others. But knowing that, you know, all of these things and that you can definitely make the best of the light that you've been given gives photographers a confidence that I know what I'm doing. I am a photographer and I did the best that I could with this light that was available. I just like empowering photographers to feel like they can be the best version of themselves, that they have the tools to create, you know, what's in their head, I guess. Um, Yeah. And, and kind of make that translation between what they're envisioning in their mind and what's coming out on the camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure exactly. that's, you know, the transformation that you've seen from so many of your students in the course. And, and I think I, you're totally right. Cause me just having been one of your students, that's really what I gained that I was lacking prior to your course was the confidence and ability to just say, okay, I'm not, I, I can't control every situation at every location and time of day, right? Like things happen and having the confidence to just show up and be like, okay, no matter what the circumstances are, I, I can do this. Like I'm going to produce amazing images and I can, I know how to use light enough that I can handle this. And that is huge because, you know, if you're not confident in that, it's going to flood over into your experience with your clients. It's going to flood, you know, if you don't have that confidence going into the shoot, like, you know, I'm totally going to nail this. It'll show in your work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes you doubt yourself. And and then when you start doubting yourself, I mean, it can almost get to be like I was when I first started where I, you know, my college days where I think like, oh, I'm just not really that good at this. And it's like, eh, no, that's not really the truth. It's just that you need to learn a little bit more. Right. And so there's just something about that confidence, knowing that I can walk into a situation and yeah, I'm going to make mistakes still, but I know the gist of this and I don't have to sit and like second guess myself. Um, I know the capabilities of the light that's available and believe me, that's not going to come after if you take, if you do take my class, it's not going to come after just three weeks of a class. It's going to take most people say like, you know, four to six months after the class and really practicing everything is when they start feeling like, okay, things are, things are really starting to click. I mean, depending on your experience level before, you know, I've had really, really experienced photographers that already understand light that even say that 
it connects a few dots here and there that really help them feel like I can intentionally create the images that I want with the light available in a much more intentional way than before. Right. So anyways, yeah. I mean, I, some students say some of the nicest things about the class that it's that, you know, that it's made a real impact on their photography. Um, And that's humbling to hear. And also, you know, obviously feels good. <laughs> yeah. And as a but, teacher, that's what you hope. That's what you want, right? You for want sure. To, to feel results. And I think, you know, 100% kudos, like you mentioned before, kudos to them for putting in the work and the effort, right? Because we can teach all day long, yes. but if you don't implement what you're learning, it doesn't mean anything. Right. So right. I and think yeah, teaching for me is not about, it never has been about me. Right. It, I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I think that we can go into classes where people feel like, oh, this is the, like, Magic of Light is not the summer show, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I, yeah, you're not that <laughs> way at all. <laughs> um, and I'm an open book. And just, it's so important to me. Again, I think, and it, it probably, I can thank my, that first photography professor, yeah. you know, something I was so excited about and just felt so deflated after he just ripped everything I did apart. And granted it, you know, what I was doing wasn't very good. Um, But I think that there's room to really be able to give constructive feedback, but also to empower people with knowledge and confidence. Like you can do this. This is not something I was born with. It's not like, oh, I'm just, I've always been good. No, I like go, I can show you some of my first work and it's pretty terrible. Oh girl, we all <laughs> you know? start somewhere, right? You oh, know, for it's sure. Like, for sure. But what, I think I, photographers forget that. Yeah. And they see someone like, I've been doing this for like 14 years. Like it's not, yeah. I mean, this isn't just, I'm just so naturally, I don't even think I'm naturally gifted. I think that I've just worked really hard, you know? <laughs> well, I think that's the curse of social media too, is that, you know, yeah it's so easy to go on there and then people compare themselves and what they don't realize, you know, they started a business eight months ago and you know, you've been doing this for 14 years. I've been doing it for a long time too. And it's like, there's so much time and growth and just evolution within our own businesses and selves personally that you can't compare apples and oranges. And so I think people just need to understand that we all have the potential, some more natural than others. Yes. But you know, work, yeah. being, work being the key is, is just consistently yeah. trying and not getting discouraged and just looking, looking at, you know, so-called failures or not great things as learning opportunities and not setbacks, you know, for sure. But it's yeah. hard. And I failure is part of the, it's part of it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you probably hear that all the time, but also I think if I would have understood at day one, how much work this takes, yeah. Um, that it's not just like, oh, you pick up a camera, camera, <laughs> kind of talented or you're not, you know, like, no, yeah. that's not, this yeah. is so, this takes so much work working and shooting in so many different scenarios. Right. I mean, I remember once, and that's not, I think when you first start your perception, I remember once being at a park with one of my friends who um, is a hairstylist and I had my camera and she was like, oh, we took a picture of my kids. Look how, you know, I'm like, sure. So I took one and she looked at the, the back of the camera. She's like, oh, I need a nice camera. And I just looked at her and said, I needed some nice scissors. 
she she started laughing. She's like, oh, touche. Yeah. You know, like it's not just about a nice camera. That's that's not, yeah. And I think at the beginning, that's sort of what we think, you know, that right. you get a nice camera, I take a couple of lessons, I should be able to do this. I'm here I am 14 years later and I'm still learning, you know, right. There's still things to learn and you're still evolving. And I think that's, that's the best part. I'm so excited to announce that Art and Heart Photography Academy will be launching again in January, the very end of January, actually. And I cannot wait to welcome another group of students in. But those of you that don't know, Art and Heart Photography Academy is my five-part self-guided online business course for novice and experienced photographers alike. It's complete with a step-by-step roadmap to help you identify your photography business, plan, create soul-centered and meaningful art, and build a sustainable brand, and attract and book dream clients consistently. So basically, if you want to share Art that's true to you, make connections and impact and build reliable income on your own terms, then I have the course for you and I am there to support you every step of the way through live weekly calls and a Facebook group and all the things to help you on your journey to having a thriving business. So if this interests you in any way, you can join the waitlist at jilliangolding.com backslash art and heart. And yeah, then you won't miss any of the important dates or information. And we have such an amazing group of students and alumni that are there. And we cannot wait to welcome you in to help you get your business thriving. Hope to see you in there. So I want to chat to you really quick about like, obviously we know, like, you know, aside from your use of light, one of the things that I also love about your images is your composition and the way that you frame your subjects. And like, I I can distinctly in my mind, think of a few, like your more recent one, you just got featured today. I saw that your one with the seagull on the beach, which is congrats. That's so exciting. And I know you don't even, I know that doesn't even like you're just grateful, but it, it doesn't like puff you up at all, but you still deserve acknowledgement. So kudos to you. you. Um, I mean, it feels good to be acknowledged, but I always try to not let that it's, I don't know. It's just social. Yeah. Yeah. I I get it. I know it's a challenge. Right. But I think for you, like, can you just talk about what your thought process is? Like when you're setting up photos, are you, you know, what are you taking into consideration um, at that time? And sometimes do they just happen naturally? And or are you always, you know, planning? Because I know for me, it's a combination of both, but what are, it's what a are combination you? of both for yeah. sure. I mean, there's moments, you know, it's all about setting yourself up. And it, sometimes I'll walk into a scene and I see something and I know, oh, there it is. I like, there's my shot. I know exactly what I want to shoot. That's beautiful. The light's perfect. The background's beautiful. Like, look at that person. You know what I mean? It just all comes together and I know immediately. And then there's other times where you walk in and you feel like, oh, there's something here and I'm not quite sure. And I have to like shoot through it to figure out where my, where my framing is, where my shot is. And you get there eventually. Right. So as far as composition goes, it's one of those things that I feel like I've never been super, super intentional about. I think, you know, for those four or five years of shooting almost every day and just really trying to make my boring, I mean, (laughs) you know, my boring every day look interesting you have to mix it up and I constantly when I'm shooting am saying what is in my head I'm asking myself what is the the way to make this sometimes it is a very boring scene sometimes it's not and it's a a beautiful complex scene but I'm always asking myself 
what is the most unique way, most interesting way that I can show this. And one thing that I am always, that I force myself to do when I am photographing is to think about, I'm constantly telling myself wide angle, mid-range detail to get a wide angle shot, a mid-range shot, a detail shot to get low to the ground. And then if I can to get high and to shoot down, because so often with composition, you know, we walk into a scene and we are attracted to, at least me, I'm attracted to one. There's something that stands out to me a lot often that immediately, and I can get stuck there. And sometimes it's not always the best way. And so when I force myself, in fact, I used to write it on my hand, wide angle, mid-range detail, get high, get low, Um, just as a like reminder when, so I don't get stuck because it's so easy when you're you know, even when I'm shooting for myself, this happens, it's easier to be more present and to go through those motions when I am at it, when I'm shooting for myself with my family or friends, when there's no pressure versus when I am shooting for a client and there's so much going on, you go into (laughs) autopilot and like, it's really hard to slow down and be super present. And so that little visual reminder, you know, I'm always looking for layers, meaning something in the foreground and the background. Yes, you are. Um, I'm looking for that. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. And then even just my practice with observing light, because that's something that I really do all the time is just watch it. Observing little details in the environment and incorporating them into your images again, can just, whether it's like a shadow of somebody, it just adds another layer to the image. So you might have just a portrait of somebody, then you have a shadow of someone else on the wall or of some trees on the wall, or, you know, it just, I'm always looking for layers so that there's more than one thing for the viewer to look at in the image. And then of course, all the compositional rules, rule of thirds, you know, symmetry, yeah, spiral, all that stuff. <laughs> but those things I don't think about as consciously when I'm actually shooting. I think that has come as a result of years and years of pulling my images into Lightroom and looking at those crop grids and thinking like, oh, I should have done this. And right. then going out and shooting it better next time, you know? But so often yeah. just moving through the scene, making yourself see that you can't see something if you don't move your eyes, which sounds so silly and weird, but it's true. I mean, there's so many times where I get low to the ground or move to the, to a different place and think, Oh, wow. Like I'm, this is here. It is. You know what I mean? I would have never, I would have never done that had I not forced myself to go through the wide angle, mid range detail, get high, get low. So anyway, No, that's such a great tip. And I, yeah, I, I'm going to totally implement that myself. Cause I think what happens is, you know, as artists, we, we see a scene in a certain, like maybe we love the wide angle. So then we tend to Mm -hmm. stick with that and we don't force ourselves to get in there. I mean, and you're right. There's so many variables happening, whether it's, you know, children and trying to get them to behave or, you know, or listen or, you know, be cooperative and, you know, the mom and and the dad's dynamic. And there's so many moving pieces when you're photographing a family, like it's, Yep, it's yep. really a miracle that we get great shots, honestly, with how oh, much that's sure. going on. Um, so much. But, but I think having that kind of a little, you know, motto for yourself to do those things, it really will help you just create images that you wouldn't have otherwise, like you just said. I right. mean, that's a family. 
Totally. A family can stand there and not do anything. And you can do wide angle, mid range detail, get high, get low. They can still just be doing the same thing. And then maybe like, and then I even take it a step further and I'm doing, okay, wide angle, mid range detail, get high, get low. I am backlighting. And then I'm going to sidelight wide angle, mid range detail. I mean, right. just going through because the light can really change things too. So just going through all of that, you can get such a wide varied gallery just yeah. from doing that. And you can walk around and do that in like five minutes. You know what I mean? I mean, it might be a little boring if you're not directing the family and they're literally just standing there, but, um, <laughs> right. but it does for me, it helps me get unstuck moving through the scene. If I, if I'm feeling a little, like, I'm not sure what to do here. You know what I mean? And we all right. have those moments. Oh, totally. And I think it, you know, again, just depends on the family and the dynamic and different Mm -hmm. things that are happening. Um, But I think that just having that kind of motto enables you to create a lot of images that you're going to end up loving, right? A lot of times the shots that I end up loving are ones that kind of happen on accident, really. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they just kind of the unexpected ones for sure. Yes. Right. And that's what usually piques my curiosity the most. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't even set that up. And I love that, you know? So as you've grown in your, you know, your niche and your business and your, you know, just your photography and your art, like how do you feel it's evolved over, over time? Do you feel like, I mean, I know we mentioned before the evolution and we feel like everyone kind of goes through that evolution to find themselves as an artist, but do you feel like even since you had that shift between that shift and now you've grown and in, in, in are evolving always or? Oh, for sure. And I mean, for me, my love of photography started, my muses were my little kids, right? And my little kids are not so little anymore. And so right. it's been that there's been a grieving process to that. And I still absolutely love photographing them, but all but one of them are teenagers now and they don't necessarily love me photographing them. Um, right. And it's different as teenagers, particularly around the house. I, you know, they're not doing as interesting. I've always been sort of a, a mix between documentary and lifestyle, right? Like I definitely direct, um, but I did do a lot of just strictly documentary stuff of my kids when they were younger. Um, and that is really hard now. So it's been, yeah, I mean, there's a huge evolution and I think I'm entering this phase of, you know, I, I just started a project called it's women are returned to the water and I'm going to photograph women of all ages. Um, I'm probably going to focus on mothers at first, right. at least yeah. but I wanted to leave it open and photograph. I mean, I, I posted my first, my first one, a couple, I don't know, a week or two ago. I know um, I, I just saw... photograph. Yeah. Moms in the water. Um, and I'm really just going to try to the daily shooting for me is still very therapeutic and I do pick up my camera most days, but I don't share a lot of it because my teens don't want me to be sharing it on Instagram. All their friends follow me and you know, it's a whole other thing. Um, but I'm just looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm having, I have more time this year. I'm going to work on my directing skills you know, I'm working with my production company. We're going to shut up, set up some, basically build my commercial reel because these days commercial photographers, basically, you know, brands want motion and stills. It's a rare, it's a rare shoot where they just want 
photographs only. Okay. And so I want to step more, you know, for the bigger commercial, like I know for smaller businesses, but even for smaller businesses, you look at it and they want video content for social media or YouTube, or they want all of it. And so when you can do both, you get a lot more jobs. I've lost a lot of jobs because I don't have a strong director's reel. So yeah. Anyways, I'm going to be working with a DP, a director of photography and try to really build that and concentrate on that aspect of my business. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, my kids will always be my first love. Like I love photographing them so much, but I'm definitely feeling that I have this space, at least starting to have the space. It's still a lot to, you know, start a lot more projects and work on that stuff instead. Yeah, so branch out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, that's amazing. And I did see your, your first post of Sam, who's a mutual friend of ours yes. and I loved it and I love her so much. And I yes. think what is so great about you sharing this is, you know, for people that are listening to understand, you know, even though your business might look a certain way now in five years, it could look totally different. And I think, yeah. I think that there's an important piece to that and really helping people understand the need to listen to our, our inner voice, our inner feelings, whatever it may be and honor that and know that, you know, as you, as you ebb and flow, as you evolve as an artist, like you're going to, if you stay in tune with that voice, you're going to create art. That's amazing. And that those that see it are going to love and feel from you because you're in alignment with yourself. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. I mean, my whole, this over the whole, since I started, my motto has always been, which Glennon Doyle has now made very popular, but the next right thing, right? Like I, I'd never had like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. It was just like, here's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Does this align? Do I, how do I feel about this? And just very much going with my gut, even if I was terrified of something like teaching, I was terrified and felt like the biggest phony, you know, uh, and and just, but just would lean in and next right thing, next right thing. And the doors open. And as long as you're in that alignment and really listening and doing what feels right for your next step, I mean, all of our, there's no way that I can say, do this, this, and this, and then you can be a commercial photographer or an educator or a family. Like I, I never had a plan for any of this except (laughs) follow basically my gut about Mm -hmm. what I want and what's the next step for me. And I think that's honestly, you know, we can all write down the 10 year plan according to particular, I think photographers want to listen to other photographers that have been doing this for a while. Like, what did you do? And think, okay, I'm going to follow that. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't really work. You know, it doesn't really work. I think it's good to listen and hear what other people did and you can take parts from it, but everyone's path is going to be a little bit different. So yeah, the next right thing. I love that. The next right thing. And I think, you know, even being in business for so long, like I've been going through kind of like a trying to honor exactly what I'm telling you, right. Is, you know, I want to shift my business a little bit in 2022 and just change how I do photo shoots, change the types of work I'm taking, things like that. So that I feel more in alignment with what I really want to create and, and, you know, working and photographing the people that are in complete 
you know, agreement and want the same things I think is so important. And so, you know, really honoring myself and and do a different process as to, you know, how I get clients and how I schedule shoots. Right. And so I think for me, it's just whatever I'm doing, I want to be in complete alignment with myself because it's, I'm sacrificing time from my family, from my children, from other things. And, and when I don't feel that complete alignment to me, sometimes it's easy to say, why am I doing this? You know, what, what am I for? But, you know, we all, we all feel like we, we want to check this box and we want to do these things that other people are doing, but yet it's like, wow, our biggest inspiration should be within ourselves as to what we're creating. Yes. Um, and that's yes. when we create the magic, right? Like that's when the magic right. happens. Right. And um, we all have a different roadmap to yeah. the best version of ourselves. So trying to follow somebody else's roadmap isn't going to get you anywhere. That's going to be <laughs> meaningful to you. Right. Right. So yeah. yeah. So, so important. Yeah. Um, and I know you yes. mentioned your projects and things, cause I was going to mention next, like chat about, you know, as a creative, it's so easy for us to get into maybe like a rut or feeling inspired. So is projects kind of what helps pull you out of that? Do you feel like that along with what you mentioned earlier, as far as, you know, shooting without expectation? Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, that has evolved over the years. There was one time in my life that I would have told you if I'm feeling in a rut, I am just going to show up and I'm going to shoot anyways. And I'm going to create every day and I'm going to make a photo a day. It only takes five minutes. And that really fed me for a long, long, long time. A couple of years ago, it really started to feel I was where that wasn't working anymore for me. Mm. I think it's really important to, again, the next right thing, right? For a long time. And that was hard for me because it worked for so long. It was hard for me to be like, why isn't this working anymore? But I just wasn't getting the same fulfillment, the same creative fulfillment. It helps. It definitely helps showing up and doing the work every day, you know, or maybe not every day, but regularly. You can't expect to just show up a couple times a month and think here I'm, I'm pro, right? Yeah. Um, it's like an athlete. Like you have to actually exercise your skills on a semi-regular basis. That doesn't mean it has to be daily, but forever just showing up and making a photo, even when I didn't feel like it, I would constantly surprise myself like, Oh, look, I actually ended up enjoying that. Not every day, but a lot of days. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, no, totally. That's not working as much for me anymore. And so I'm headed into, yeah, into a new direction. That's probably going to be a little bit more project-based, a mm-hmm. little bit more travel-based. I still love photographing my kids like on vacation or when we're out doing things because um, they they're not as camera aware and yeah. it's just easier, particularly in the water. So yeah, yeah. yeah. you've really gotten into that. I love your water photography. Yes, it's, it's my favorite. It's beautiful. It's something I've been wanting Thank to you. try. I need to, and I think, you know, like anything, right. And what we're going to chat about next real quick is just like limiting beliefs. Like I always think like, Oh, it's going to be such a learning curve. I'm not going to be good at it. Right. And we all just kind of get those ideas in our head and they prevent us from trying something new, but oftentimes right. when we do try that new thing. It gets us inspired again and like lights us yes. up. Right. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, we can just get stuck in a, I call it like a hamster wheel, right. Where you're just mm-hmm. like doing the same stuff over and over. And, and it's good to throw something in there and say like, Hey, this, this is new. And let's, you know, shake things up a little bit. Um, yeah, It's like beginner's mind. When you start something new, you feel like you're 
like you're learning. It's yeah. I mean, you feel like you're when you first started photography, right. In a way, I mean, it might not be quite like that, but if it's a new aspect, you have at least a, a version of that feeling where, Oh, it's humbling. It's fun to make discoveries and the learning process is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, it's okay to, to not be great at something right from the get, like it's going to be an evolution. Right. So, and then I know you mentioned earlier about you taking a break and I just wanted to mention that in the episode, because I do feel like that's an important part of being a creative too, is understanding that there's times where you need to shut off your brain and Mm -hmm. have a break so that you can have those creative breakthroughs. Like oftentimes when I've taken a little bit of break and allowed myself the mental capacity to kind of turn off for a little bit, those are the times where these awesome ideas get like come into my mind because I've allowed myself to just be, you know, yes. but it's hard, right? <laughs> it is. It's especially hard if you're running, if it's your business, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, for me, posting on social media and like creating even images of my family has become part of my business. And so that got really tricky when you feel like I need a break from this, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just tricky. It's tricky. And I mean, it's even, you know, if you're shooting families, like it's just, you feel like you can't take a break and financially, not everyone can take a break either. And so it gets, it gets really like, I was lucky in a lot of ways that I was able to take that two and a half year break when I had four kids and not have to worry about income. And, you know, that's not something that everyone has. So I think that, but yes, figuring out a way to take a mental break and to step away and put your camera down sometimes is important. Yeah. And like, even for me, just having like, you know, I'm finishing up my last bit of editing before the end of the year or before a holiday. Right. And so for me, it's just going to be taking January, you know, to really just, you know, have some time with my family that I've, you know, obviously fall so busy for all of us, right. As family photographers, but, and just allowing myself the space to say, Hey, I'm not even going to go in my office today. Like that's okay. You know, and just give yourself some, some room to do that. I think, cause we feel the, the pressure to show up on social media. We feel the pressure to always be creating, you know, but it's like the clients are going to be there. Social media is still going to be there, right? Like those things are all going to still be there, right? But just allow yourself the mental space to have a, have a moment. So. And I think it's really important too, on that note is that we get, you know, whether it's emails, Instagram DMs, comments, likes, like we feel all there's, and maybe you're on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, Snapchat, there's so much. I think that sometimes too, it's really important to let go of, it's okay if you don't, well, if it's a client, that's hard, but like, maybe you have to let some DMs go because you can fill up all of your working time with all of that type, Mm -hmm. like newsletters and DMs and emails and like leave no time for creative space. You have to create time, schedule time to actually create, because that's what got us into this in the first place. And I think so often we can get so lost and think that, oh, I'm so busy. And you're doing all of this stuff that isn't technically creating. And I just think that as artists, you have to leave that space to actually create things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be photography even, um, but just 
to foster that creativity to show up and to do the creative work, not just all of the DMs and comments and emails. And it's so overwhelming to even hear, hear you list all that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that's like seven sources of you know us being needed in some way. And it's just it can be exhausting. So texts. <laughs> texts. <laughs> I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, I know for myself, of course, I have struggled with self-doubt and limiting beliefs. I think, you know, all of us have, especially when we were first starting. But I think it's important to also acknowledge, you know, because for some reason, I feel like people can view people that they consider successful photographers on social media and think that like they don't have any issues or they don't doubt themselves or they have it all figured out. And it could not be further from the truth. And that's something that I'm so passionate about people understanding because Mm -hmm. I never want someone to look at me and think that I have it together. Like it's a hot mess express over here. And you know, I'm always evolving and figuring things out. And I, you know, when I entered the education field, like you, I had that self-doubt, like, why would I be teaching people? Right. Like, why am I this? And, you know, Mm -hmm. once you get in it and you just decide I'm going to do it anyway, then you see the joy in it. But, you know, have you struggled like that? And like for today, like what, what do you do now if you kind of run into that roadblock? Yeah. I mean, oh, for sure. You know, you get still, if I, I mean, even when I was showing up to do this project with Sam and her family, I felt completely nervous. Like, oh no, what if I make them drive two and a half hours to this swimming hole and I don't get anything, you know, I mean, it's a crazy thought because there's no way that I would get nothing. Right. Right. Um, But yeah. I mean, I think that all the time, I, I mean, in the last few years, as I said, I've worked on some, you know, some bigger commercial campaigns and showing up on set. My first shoot was for Garmin and we like shut down, they rented out Venice skate park. Um, oh boy. and for the whole day and we photographed this little girl, you know, and I was directing <laughs> So I was directing a DP. We did these, you know, short little 30 second spots and like motion, you know, and I showed up and I felt like the biggest phony and like, I had no idea what I was doing and I was terrified and my stomach almost hurt. And, but I just kept telling myself, you're photographing a little girl skateboarding. Like I can do this all day long, you know, and like simplify, simplify, simplify. I just think when I, my my brain, when I say simplify, I mean, simplify my thoughts in my brain. And just remember that just because you have thoughts doesn't mean they're true. Our brains are crazy, constant Mm -hmm. stream of all kinds of positive and negative, a lot of negative thoughts. And just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. And so I'm just constantly, you know, evaluating, is that true? You know, is it true that like, I don't know what I'm doing or that, I don't have the skills to show up and do this or, you know, just constantly checking myself. No, that's, it's not true. I can do this. And yes, there will be a learning curve and yes, I will make some mistakes, but I know how to photograph a little girl at a skate park. I can do that all day long, you know? So for sure. I, I just think it's important to know that it's normal to have those beliefs. And because just because you have them doesn't mean that it's, any reflection on your skill set? I mean, sometimes it can be if you don't have a lot of experience and you don't really know what you're doing, then maybe you should listen to those thoughts. But usually (laughs) there's a difference between like 
our gut feelings and our head feelings, right? Like I can feel it in my gut. And that's when I, that's the space that I try to listen to versus all the thoughts that just are constantly going through my head. Because yeah, I mean, I, I have fears and I mean, there's times when I pick up my camera and I even say it out loud, like when I'm photographing, I think I said it the other day when I was trying to make a photo of my daughter, I was like, am I even a photographer? Like, what am I doing? You know, we all have moments like that where things just don't work and you have to keep pushing through. And like, then you have these thoughts of like, Oh, I'm not really that good at this. And it's like, eh. yeah, well, not and, true. And I, exactly. And I think for you, like that was a perfect example for what I wanted to mention is that Oftentimes when I, you know, how you showed up to the set, you were doing something new, right. And you were, you were forcing yourself out of your comfort zone to grow. And I, I find that, you know, if I'm nervous or scared about doing something, like I try to flip the script and say, that's great because I'm, I'm growing, I'm doing something new and yes, it's going to be scary, but I I can push through this. Right. And, and I just take action, you know, whenever I feel fearful, I just think, okay, right. Like you said, the next best thing, like just push through it. And, and in the end, you'll be so like, you end up, you know, being so grateful and that probably that one opportunity you had with Garmin, like opened up other opportunities for you, but had you let that fear get in your mind and you just didn't do it, like you wouldn't be what you're doing, what you're doing now. Right. So for sure, I wouldn't be, have done it. I wouldn't be teaching a class. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have ever, you know, agreed to speak at any photography conference. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done anything because I was terrified to do all of it. (laughs) You know, I think um, Stephen Pressfield, one of my favorite books on creativity is called War of Art um, Mm -hmm. by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks a lot about resistance and about he, he there's a quote. I don't know exactly. But in that book, he talks about when if you that for him, fear is more of a marker that he should lean into something than it is that he shouldn't do something. Um, And I have found that to be true in my life. You know, the, the thing, the more terrified I am to do something, the more I know that that's the direction that I need to go. Cause I think the areas where we are most fearful are the areas where we have the most room for growth, you know? So Yeah. For me, I really lean into fear knowing it's almost like a signal to me of where I need to go. If I'm super terrified of it, all of the things that I've been the most scared to do have been the things that have helped me grow the most. Yeah. yeah. I love love that. That's perfect. Um, Okay. But before, thank you for so much for sharing all that. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I always do like a quick lightning round. I didn't really prep you for this, but it's just supposed to be like a few fun questions that you just answer off the cuff. So what's your favorite lens? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Depends on the day. Uh, Okay. Top two. What are your top two? Okay. 24 to 70 is like my workhorse. If it went down to 1.8, it would never come off my camera, but it doesn't. So 24 to 70 and 35. Eh, sometimes 50. Okay. So that's sweet. Um, what's your favorite lighting to shoot in? This is a loaded question for you. You probably change always, but like right now, maybe what's your favorite light? It does shift and change, but I always love rim light. I love that golden little touches of rim light with moody, dark shadows. It's my favorite. Yeah. I love that too. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? Hmm. And it doesn't have to be photography, you know, it can be related at all. It can be anything. 
Oh gosh. I don't know. Why does why is why is Keanu Reeves coming to mind? Or maybe um Bill Murray. <laughs> hey, that'd be fun. That'd be yes. fun for sure. What's a favorite random product that you've bought on Amazon or just maybe something you've gotten recently? Um, I feel like I've just bought a bunch of junk for Christmas on Amazon <laughs> lately. Um I bark spray for my dog. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it's um, like this, it's like makes this really loud hissing sound. Someone told me about it. And it when I just spray it, it makes this loud noise and he will stop doing whatever he does and he won't do it again. He won't touch my Christmas tree because of it. Yeah. Uh, it is okay. yeah, for sure. Um, Terrifying my dog, torturing them. That's great. <laughs> your biggest mentor in the photography industry, do you feel like either when you're first starting or now? That is hard. I haven't had a lot of ment- mentoring in like where I actually had where it was a structured mentor. I've had a lot of people that I have looked up to and admired. I will say that Leah Zawatsky, she is one of the people that I came across on Flickr years ago. And she, she's become one of my dear friends now, but at like, I remember seeing the work that she was creating of her kids. It was at a time that there was a lot of like babies and baskets and (laughs) backdrops and like in a bowl of fruit loops or, I mean, there was a lot of that at this time and she was doing something so different and just really like, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing her work and thinking, Oh, okay. Yes. Like it was a, it was like this resonance of like, this is what I want to be creating with my children. And then photographers that have had a huge, like, I just, I love, I mean, Sally Mann will be a forever inspiration for me. Um, love Saul letter. Um, anyways. Yeah. Well, and I think too, sometimes those evolve as we grow as well, or kind of, you know, shift, we still love some, but might be inspired in a certain, you know, genre at a different time in our lives. Right. So, but I think it's it's so great to have those that we kind of look up to and can, you know, really respect their work, which is so great. For sure. Yeah. Um, At the time Leah was that for me, I just remember, and I didn't, I had no official mentorship with her or anything, but I just remember being, it was just this recognition of the direction that I wanted to go. And it's something that I wasn't seeing a lot of at the time. So that's amazing. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much for chatting and for sharing so many amazing nuggets and different things of information that I think um, the listeners are going to love. And I appreciate your openness and giving me your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk. All right. Well, we'll chat soon, Summer. Thanks again. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Fill Your Frame podcast with me, your host, Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes on whatever app you're listening to today or visiting fillyourframepodcast.com for more information. Um, You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you've enjoyed the show today, please leave a review. It helps more people like you find my podcast. And you can also find me on Instagram at fillyourframe underscore podcast and Jillian Golding. We'll chat next time. Bye-bye.